Hello everyone, welcome to the 7th edition of Insider Investing. This is a special one. We cover what's happened in the year 2021, especially how markets have changed, how younger investors are now coming in, how are they getting influenced by financial influencers? An interesting point and a debate that happens on the show. We also talk about Bitcoin, gold and how central bankers are stuck in a Hotel California problem. Find out more on this new fresh episode. Hi and welcome to the first year-ender podcast of Deserve. It's incredible how time has flown and it's, you know, I think back to May 2021 when we actually incorporated Deserve. And here we are in what is like the seventh month of our existence. And it's incredible how long this and amazing this journey has been. Weber, welcome again on Insider Investing. Thanks, Sandeep. How have you been? All good. Uh, missed you for a week or so. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, I took off to Kashmir. And this was really like, I think about like my first trip in over a year in the humdrum of uh, COVID starting up deserves so it was incredible and one thing like when going to Kashmir is this beautiful experience where you see amazing scenic beauty that but what also was incredible or or different was the kind of poignancy or sadness that there is around that place there's a lot to be done in terms of poverty alleviation there people are really poor and I think they need all our support in terms of us going there as tourists and visiting and hoping to make that place uh, much better. In fact, there is this uh, saying that if there is heaven anywhere on earth, it is in Kashmir. And I was talking to a taxi driver and I repeated that line and he came back with a very interesting retort. He said that, sir, for you, it might seem like heaven. For us, it doesn't seem like heaven because uh, we still have to work hard to get our daily bread there are times when there are no tourists and we would wish that more people like you would come to Kashmir. And in that sense, this beautiful and sad dichotomy is what 2021 was also, right, Webhav? I mean, if you think about it, sitting here today, we feel markets went up, stocks did very well, great IPOs happened, companies 42 at last count, uh, unicorns got created. But in the midst of this, we forget that we went through a very intense second wave and through COVID, we've lost now nearly 5 lakh of our countrymen. So it's been a crazy year if you look back. Absolutely. yeah. And uh, on Kashmir, I was also lucky enough to visit Kashmir in 2015 and a lot has changed after that. Similar feelings, uh, extremely, extremely breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, you, you have a extremely mixed emotions about visiting Kashmir. Both you're excited with uh, the place at the same time, you're worried about the state of uh, people there and people are extremely uh, friendly there. Markets also, uh, last one year was a roller coaster ride, uh, individually for us also because we started Deserve and we witnessed uh, what uh, April and May of 2021 were like. And as you said, uh, all of us have extremely short memories. <laughs> Somehow we have uh, moved beyond that and are looking at uh, New Year. Hopefully, New Year will be much better than what we saw in 2021. Amidst all of this, uh, interestingly, markets' resilience was remarkable. Uh, if you remember the months of April and May, 
there was chaos all around us but markets were quite resilient but in in the midst of this you also look at how much has changed in indian equity markets the kind of participation that domestic investors have made in this particular year and you'll have the data much better than i would uh, that has been uh, really impressive incredible is yeah. it a one off or do you think this is something that is here to stay yeah. so amidst all of this uh, markets were extremely resilient uh, if you go back in time and just when we were starting up in april there was uh, chaos all around uh-huh. us but markets uh, remained intact and continued its momentum for next 6 uh, or 8 months so maybe market uh, so a strong possibility of uh, at least on one front we are atmanirbhar now as far as capital requirements are concerned we are completely atmanirbhar as looking at the data and fi's sold more than 90000 crores worth of equity uh, in calendar year 2021 the same amount was bought by domestic institutional investors on top of that retail investors invested directly in the markets and which resulted into a 20% up move in the market in an year where fi's have sold 90000 crores worth of equity markets to be up 20% is unimaginable it uh, shows about the uh, maturity of the investors and indian investors willingness to ride the uh, volatility in the market one thing which has played out and which is consistently playing out for last 4 5 years participation of retail investors in the market in 2016 we were at 33% uh, so 33% of the market volumes were controlled by retail investors today the number is at 45% it's uh, visible all across when you look at the mutual fund numbers the number of followers which got added last year is closer to 2.6 crores uh, whether you look at the number of demat accounts uh, we have added more than 3 crores demat accounts so overall uh, we are developing this uh, self reliance uh, at least on one front which has been a long uh, complaint of all the promoters that we don't get access to enough domestic capital Yeah I think uh, I remember when we started working uh, or at least in 2005 6 7 we used to track FII numbers as a front runner of what markets will be in the next few years and in fact a lot of financial models at that time had this data point baked into you know the how the market modeling will be but one additional thing which i find really interesting and has changed is the average age of the indian equity investor has come down dramatically now we hear of people that you know in our anecdotally in our local circles young kids first time you know earners starting to invest in equity markets coming up and asking which stock should i buy which mutual fund should i invest in and i think that's really an interesting part of the change that is happening it's not only that new investors are coming in it's also the new younger investors are coming in and hopefully a lot of these guys will stay invested in the markets for the next many decades and that to me is a very interesting part of the change that is happening no absolutely sandeep uh, and uh, most of it has to do with the experience that uh, these people have of investing and what they've seen in the market uh, last 10 years if you look at the market returns uh, and i'm talking about nifty specifically out of last 10 years 9 years have been positive for the market so obviously that gives lot of confidence to these investors i remember and you possibly you would also remember when we started our career when we would go to the investors 
possibly the first generation would always take the decisions and whenever we met up with the second generation in the family they would say that my father looks at investing but that is changing and along with that asset allocation of investors is also changing so predominantly fixed income asset allocation portfolios to heavy on equity uh, portfolios are something that we are seeing now so which which is bringing in a good change and uh, most of these uh, investors young investors want to invest in uh, all asset classes looking at the data and uh, AUM asset under management of uh, global fund of funds which are uh, there in india has gone up from 7000 crores to 44000 crores that's almost six fold rise in a year's time so obviously all of this money is coming from uh, these young investors and this is on top of their direct investing in the stocks of global companies crypto again uh, interesting asset class for this segment we have uh, discussed about that in the past more and more investors young investors uh, who want reflection of their belief in investing are investing in these asset classes a complexion of the portfolio has changed uh, significantly not just the age of the investor yeah no i think that's that's interesting and i think uh, while it's really good that a lot of younger investors are coming in i think the point that you made is very important about how some of the younger investors have not seen market down cycles and that's when the responsibility of the wealth manager or the people that who are advising them becomes much more acute they have to ensure that they guide them about the fact that markets cannot be unidirectional there will be times when markets will fall and uh, that is the time that you need to be uh, ready for and potentially invest more at that point but unfortunately this generation is not listening to wealth managers they are listening to a whole different uh, group of uh, uh, advisors if you will called financial influencers and some of these influencers actually come from very different backgrounds uh, they come from fashion they come from entertainment they come from comedy and they are now beginning to create content around investing which is great in a sense that it is creating more awareness but it's also very worrying when they start giving out advice about what to do how to select instruments how to invest in and where to invest for me i think that seems to be a very strange phenomenon whether you and i and we have given so many regulatory exams over the last uh, few years and especially in the last one year uh, if you talk about the nism 10a 10b you do read up we even after having been in the industry for 15 16 years we study before we go so that we are able to clear some of those uh, qualifications and some of that information is really useful you learn a lot and you are able to advise investors better so in that sense sebi has done a great job but on the other hand when a financial influencer comes up and he or she is able to give advice on instagram twitter etc it's a little concerning about whether the right amount of diligence the right context is being set before these recommendations are going out and then obviously there's this question of transparency about how much money are we making one thing which we have been very cautious and clear about in deserve is about that we will tell people how much we earn from their portfolios some of it is regulatory requirement when it comes to rias and portfolio managers but 
this transparency is not required when it comes to financial influencers what do you make of all of this see sandeep you know my skepticism around uh, financial influencers they have done a remarkable job in uh, creating awareness about uh, financial markets and i think that's where their role should end when it comes to giving specific advice to the investors every advisor's situation and context is different and therefore advice has to be specific and individual specific targeted for a particular individual the other thing that you said uh, and possibly you missed out on one important aspect is uh, liabilities the number of liabilities or uh, which are there for us for uh, misadvising none of that is applicable to any financial influence so regulators have to uh, possibly define the boundaries uh, up to which these financial influencers can walk and beyond which it should be the expert's job to handle the portfolio construction and advice that's how i would see it uh, there is a cult which is being created and individuals uh, with a great number of followers are assuming that role i don't think most of them are qualified to take up that role if they want to seriously uh, pursue that role they should also uh, take equal number of qualifications that we take and should be subject to all the uh, liabilities that we yeah. are like if you actually think about it i recently read this bloomberg article about how certain financial influencers are now making more money than wall street uh, bankers are yeah so let's switch our roles <laughs> yeah we should probably become influencers maybe but that's in jest but i think there is another point that they also attract a lot of passionate belief in themselves and that is something that i feel is another level of change that is happening and probably it's got to do with the backgrounds that we are coming from in the current uh, new set of investors i see the impact of their belief playing much bigger roles in their investing decisions and nowhere is it more pronounced than it is in bitcoin or cryptocurrency i was uh, recently listening to anthony pompliano uh, who's a, a bitcoin uh, enthusiast and you know when he was asked this question about how volatile dollar is or uh, bitcoin is versus the dollar he said no it's the dollar that is volatile against the bitcoin because it's about how you think about it for a long time we have been used to seeing dollar as the denominator and uh, with which we value everything uh whether we value uh, the things that we use eat uh, apple products that we buy companies that we value everything is denominated in dollar terms and suddenly there's this new generation of people who are denominating things in bitcoin terms potentially there is a change in belief uh, also that is happening here which which the world is not ready yet for no absolutely uh, so i would attribute uh, much of the polarized world to the advent of social media and it's not just prevalent in investing it's prevalent all across whether your religious views your political views everything it's uh, all pervasive right uh, because people can express their views and can find uh, supporters on both the sides which was difficult before the advent of social media you did not have one single platform to express your views and uh, cryptocurrencies are nothing but manifestation of that view honestly uh, we have, we have also been slightly slow on that front uh, both in terms of developing a deep understanding of the subject and adopting that 
but as we go along most of these beliefs will translate in translate into real asset classes and uh, as looking at this data uh, forever our uh, yeah, parents and family have uh, looked at gold as safe haven total market cap of gold today is 12 trillion dollar uh, cryptocurrencies are already at 2.4 trillion dollar even if they were to match up to where uh, gold is that means there is potential 5 to 6 times upside in cryptocurrencies now the only question is uh, how will regulators view it as long as uh, we treat uh, cryptocurrencies as assets i don't think regulators will have any issue with that the moment we try and use it as medium of exchange then regulators will have an issue with that so that's that's one uh, bridge that we still have to cross but yeah as you uh, said people uh, want to have reflection of their belief in everything now and uh, investing is also not untouched of that yeah and I, i i like the point that you made that it is social media which is enhancing the polarity of these beliefs because in some sense belief was always a part of investing how do we attribute a value to gold over copper for example i mean at the end of the day both are metals uh if anything copper is probably more useful than gold is uh and yet we have we call gold a precious metal so the the fact that it is precious is a value attributed to that metal by us then came the second point where till a, for a very long period currencies were marked to the gold standard where you could only issue currency equivalent to how much gold you had in the bank till uh maybe in the 40s or 50s when united states first departed from the gold standard and said that they will issue currency against their own reputation so reputation became the asset against which the dollar was issued and today we are at a point where bitcoin is being created as on on the basis of another reputation a distributed reputation if you will so i think in some sense that has not changed what has changed is the polarization that is happening around it there are for and against camps in practically everything, everything yeah. and also now we see that in investing also so that platform is easily available sandeep to all of us uh, it's it's just a matter of going on to your uh, twitter handle or uh, your instagram handle or uh, facebook or linkedin and just express your views and you'll find enough followers on both the sites uh, the other thing which is interesting uh, purely in terms of uh, gold is uh, for long we used it mm. for jewelry also and suddenly and uh, uh, you and i uh, have discussed this that this generation is no longer interested mm. in jewelry so that commercial use of gold is also Correct. going down if it loses its relevance uh, as a hedge against currency inflation currency led mm. inflation then gold will have real tough yeah. time and you know when you when you talk about currencies i think it's also important to understand how uh life has changed from a central banker perspective also uh i read this very interesting article recently where vivek call called it the hotel california problem where whether as the song goes uh you can uh check out any any time you like but you can never leave and that's essentially what has happened since 2008 with central banks uh there has been constant printing of currency that is happening globally by the large central banks and they are now finding it very hard to withdraw from 
this printing of currency there is always a talk of the taper but the taper has never really happened so when the first taper tantrum happened markets fell because markets thought that potentially the fed will actually start cutting back on printing and start shrinking its balance sheet but uh, we are here now 6 years or 7 years later and that has not happened and uh, we are again talking about a potential taper that will happen but this time the market doesn't believe that it will happen so what do you think will change this equation or are we in a permanent situation of more currency printing and therefore assets getting inflated further so i'll spend 2 3 minutes on this and uh, talk about the period when i was studying we were always told that government and central banks are two de- independent entities government will mm. focus on fiscal and central banks will focus on monetary policy somewhere uh, over last 20 years both of these roles have converged both of these agencies are working in collusion now and the reason for which i find it funny that uh, when people say that interest rates will go up significantly is because government is the largest borrower if interest rates go up who has to pay the maximum amount of interest governments and governments can't afford to pay that kind of an interest therefore i i don't believe that uh, government will or central banks will increase interest rates or reduce liquidity extremely easily the other thing which has happened is uh, and which we discussed in the initial part is retail investors have invested significantly in the market and last 9 years have been positive for the most of these young investors are voters vote banks for most of the governments can you make them aggrieved by pulling down uh, liquidity in the system or increasing rates which impacts their net worth uh it's going to be an extremely tough choice for the governments to make so both central banks and governments are acting in collusion both of them know that uh, government is the biggest borrower for them to increase rates will be difficult sometimes uh, central banks and uh, specifically to your point about uh, fed coming and saying that they want to reduce liquidity in the system sometimes they make these uh, uh, announcements or noises just to make sure that inflation remains under check so it's more like a threat than the actual action that they intend to take i don't seriously believe that governments are still in that position where they can go aggressive and uh, reduce liquidity or increase interest rates I I agree so there is this interesting thing with threats right I tell my son and he's quite naughty that I will ground him but because I never ever ground him he doesn't take my threat seriously at all so I think uh, that is something similar that's happening with uh, with market I don't think markets are taking the fed share powell very seriously in fact there used to be a concept called powell put which is that uh, every time markets fall powell will step in to support the markets now it's called the powell pivot that he will say that he will taper the balance sheet but if you look at since the 3rd november announcement of fed that they will taper the or reduce the size of the balance sheet the balance sheet has further increased uh, since then so i think uh, i think when you look at 2022 and looking ahead i think that is going to be the big defining factor for markets that is the fed or global central banks able to withdraw capital from the markets from where we stand here in december of 2021 that does not seem likely and therefore when we look at our portfolios being reasonably invested 
is going to be one important part of uh, uh, you know uh, staying relevant or staying wealthy uh, otherwise assets will continue to get more expensive while your money is not growing no absolutely sandeep and uh, would just love to add one more data point uh, if you go back in time and look at history of equity markets for last uh, obviously for india we have history available only for last 40 years when you look at global markets also so 70% of the times markets have traded positively on daily basis and only 30% of the times they have traded negatively so odds are heavily against you if you decide to stay in cash or more than two thirds of the time markets have remained positive yeah. so i think uh, the year ending message for our uh, deserve members and for people who are listening is that stay invested keep investing gradually over a period of time and hopefully we'll all achieve our goals of 2022 thank you webber this was a very interesting conversation we covered a lot of ground uh, let's do this again soon thanks sandeep thanks we hope you enjoyed tuning in today and got some great takeaways new episodes of this podcast are out every alternate thursday you can listen to the episode on our website or wherever else you listen to your podcast If you wish to reach out to us, follow Deserve on LinkedIn, or you can write to us at social at deserve dot in.